Marcus Smart returns, and oh, man, what a return it was. I'll tell you what I saw from this game against the Pistons that makes me think, oh, wow, this is what a full-strength Celtics team really looks like. And a look ahead to what the Celtics face after the break, all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rain and Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finish. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day, and I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast dropped directly to your device if you are a subscriber. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcast. You can even get the show on YouTube. Hop onto the YouTube page, jump in the comments, have a conversation with the rest of the Celtics fans in there. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of good conversations, threads popping up. So it's a great spot for Celtics fans to go in there and just Talk to one another. You don't have to be on social media. So it's uh, it's I, I think it's a good spot for people to kind of catch up. I'm John Corrales, former professional basketball player. Now I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I've also written a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. And on Tuesday, the 21st, I will be hosting a conversation with Kendrick Perkins at the Armory in Somerville. Come on over. Go to the Armory in Somerville website. It's me, it's Perk on stage talking about his book, talking about the Celtics, and then you get to participate in the q and I'll be moderating the whole thing again Tuesday, uh, the 21st at the Armory in Somerville. So if you're around, swing by. I would love to have a large contingent there from the Lockdown Celtics podcast making some noise. Today, I'm coming to you after the Celtics 127-109 win over the Detroit Pistons. If I sound funny or if I pause, <laughs> if you're watching the video and there's a quick edit, it's because I'm coughing. I'm, I'm trying to get over this uh, non-COVID illness that's uh, been, I think, going around the Celtics. And now it's my turn. Celtics get Marcus Smart back for this game. So we're going to start right there. Uh, Smart, his return was uh, impactful. He, he made He had six steals. In the game, and uh, right away, like 30 seconds into the game, ball falls right into his hands, goes through Isaiah Stewart's hands, falls right into his, and he he gets uh, another steal, another couple of steals later in the first half, another couple later in the game. The first half, the steals were uh, very, uh, they got the Celtics going. In the second half, they stopped some momentum. In this game, the Celtics came out to a big lead. They gave it away in the third quarter. Uh, luckily, Jason Tatum had a big third quarter. And then the Celtics got it back together. Uh, I'm not even really worried about this game. The Celtics, I think, it's just a, a, a good example of a game where uh, one team had, uh, you know, they, they came out strong. The other team got kind of hot and, you know, cut back into the lead. And then the first team kind of put it back together and eventually uh, close this game out. So smart though, I think instant impact in this game. And I was very happy to see 
So I was very confused to see Smart back, but very happy to see him back out there and getting right back into things right away. I mean, it was very, very cool to see him kind of get acclimated pretty quickly. Some of the passes he was making offensively, I thought were amazing. Uh, he's right back to the chemistry with his teammates. Uh, there was one pass to Luke Cornett, which just gorgeous. Off a of pick and roll where Cornette just rolled to the basket. Um, there was a, a big defensive uh, mistake by the Detroit Pistons, which they are going to make. They're going to make those big defensive mistakes. And as soon as Smart saw the 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 opening there and he saw Cornette kind of roll to the right side, make that one little step to the right side, he launched this little pass, this little float, just boop, and it caught Cornette. Cornette caught it like right up top, reached up to grab it, and it was just in a, such a perfect place. It's like a quarterback throwing it into a receiver's hands where only he could catch it. And Cornette just he caught it with his left, went up with his right, and and just like just switched his hand right over. Didn't bring the ball down at all. Just laid it right in. It was beautiful, beautifully timed, beautifully executed. To see Smart come out and, and make those kinds of plays right away, it's like he didn't miss a beat. Um, the defensive play was kind of, it, like, it's almost like he was trying to make up for lost time. I don't know. He he caught the ball that first time. It's like once a steal touched his hands, I compared it on Boston Sports Journal to that, that girl who tastes cotton candy for the first time and she freaks out like smart caught the ball and was like oh yes this is what a steal feels like and he was like oh i'm gonna rip you killian hayes oh i'm gonna rip you Corey joseph oh i'm gonna rip you isaiah stewart again like he just he said i'm just gonna start taking it uh and he really was just straight rips poking the ball away amazing uh defensive performance from marcus smart sets a tone and you know i i see people I, I really don't want to react to all of the people on Twitter or in comment sections or anything like that, but it, it just, I saw too many comments of, wow, smart really needs to go to the bench when, when, uh, when he comes back, Derek white really should be the starting point guard when, when smart comes back and all of that. Like I saw too many of those comments over the past couple of weeks where I was like, okay, look, White has been having a tremendous, tremendous run. He's obviously, I mean, he was the player of the week, for God's sake. I mean, I, I acknowledge what a great run he was having. But Smart is just different. Today's show, by the way, brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Smart's just a little different. He's... He makes plays like Derek White makes great defensive plays. Smart makes these super special defensive plays. Derek White makes good passes. Smart makes like incredibly precise passes. And Derek White's obviously the better shooter, better scorer. But honestly, uh, in a starting five where you have Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, Robert Williams, uh, theoretically all healthy i i'm fine with I, i'd rather have the scoring come off the bench i'd rather have a, a second unit of brogdon and Derek white with 
one of Jalen or Jason to come in and in the second second quarter just rain hellfire. Uh, so on top of it being, I think, just smarter to have smart as the starting uh, point guard, I like the idea of Derek White doing what he's doing off the bench. Later on, I'll talk about how I feel we caught a glimpse of something special here. We did catch a glimpse of the potential, the full potential of this team. And I think this is the first time we've actually, I think, saw something beyond, oh, they're just hitting three-pointers and like the early first first 20-some-odd games of Celtics dominance. This was different. In fact, let's talk about that next. First, today's show brought to you by FanDuel. We're at the midway point of the NBA season. And hopefully for the Celtics, the actual midway point for a 100-plus game run to the NBA championship. This is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're a new customer, you get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Do this now in Massachusetts. It's just about coming to Massachusetts. It's just been legalized. So get yourself downloaded. Get yourself signed up. So once you can fire this up and start betting legally, you're all set up on FanDuel. You get bonus bets back with the no-sweat first bet if your first bet doesn't win. Download FanDuel Sportsbook app. Safe, secure, very incredibly easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained. The Celtics are the favorites to win the NBA championship. So if you want just to sign up and hop in on that, go for it. You can do that once once that's all set up. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Got to go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. That's how you get your no sweat first bet. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Please gamble responsibly. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Go make Locked On NBA your second listen. In fact, when you're on that Locked On NBA feed, you can get Locked On NBA, which I host on Wednesdays with Jake Madison. And you can also get the Locked On Game to Game, which is each side of the game, each host records uh, about a minute or so of the, of what they saw in the game. So you get both sides of the story to get caught up in the night. So you want NBA coverage, that Locked On NBA feed is going to give it to you. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It's also on YouTube. The Celtics, uh, in the first half especially here, I think gave us the first real true glimpse of what they can be as a fully functional uh, powerhouse team. Now, we saw... At the beginning of the season, a team that hit 40-some-odd percent from three and dominated that way. In this this game, obviously, the Celtics hit 46.5% from three. And you can say, well, you outscored the, the Pistons by 30. You won by 18. Outscored the Pistons by 30 from three, I should say. You won by 18. That's that's the difference in the game. And, and certainly, 
you saw that with Malcolm Brogdon, who hit for 25 points, five of eight shooting. Some of these get Grant Williams came in and got hot right away. Derek White was hot early. Uh, Jason Tatum struggled early, but then came back and, and finished six of 10 from three. And, and that's really, you can say, well, John, they just hit threes, but it's not, it's not just that it's, you started to see the potential of a starting unit with some of the regulars. And then you started to see the potential of Derek white on that second unit. Cause he was in there for the second quarter. And Malcolm Brogdon in there for the second quarter and Grant Williams in there for the second quarter and no Mike Muscala in this game, but you started to see, I saw anyway, and maybe you tell me if you did or didn't, I saw a team where I was like, okay, Tatum smart in the beginning. It was smart getting the steals. The first six Tatum's first six points came directly from Marcus smart steals um, or assists. And I saw, okay, those are the main guys. Obviously, Jalen's not there. Obviously, Rob wasn't there. But those guys are your main guys. And I saw them playing well together. And I saw the potential of, boy, if you throw Jalen in there, the, the extra dynamic. And you throw Rob in there, the extra dynamic. And then that second quarter came around, the Celtics built a big lead and I saw Derek White doing things. I saw Grant Williams doing Grant Williams doing things. And I said, geez, this is a team where they just can throw waves and waves and waves at you. And this was more than just Brogdon. At the beginning of the year, it felt like it was Brogdon and Tatum with Hauser and Grant and you know Luke Cornett out there. And that was nice, but it was a Brogdon-driven thing. This, to me, felt like a talent-driven thing that every time you looked around, you're like, okay, now there's Derek White coming at me. Okay, Grant Williams is spotting up from three. All right, I got to deal. Hold on. I got Malcolm Brogdon in front of me. What am I going to do with this guy? And it's just like wave after wave after wave after wave. And I know it's the Pistons, and so I'm not going to try to make too much of it. I feel like I'm not saying that there's – uh, this is the beginning of a huge dominant run. I'm just saying that I feel like this was the potential of a glimpse of what we could see when this whole thing comes together. It's the Death Star in Return of the Jedi being fully operational, but it's it's not a complete picture yet. But all of a sudden you're like, wait a second. That's fully operational. And, the, you know, that that's part of what I'm talking about here. You, you realize like, oh, man, if this thing gets finished, we're that the whole league is through. So I, I feel like that's that's where the Celtics are. And, and you're not going to play. You're not going to see Blake Griffin in the playoffs. Congratulations to Blake Griffin. He had a great moment. The dive on the floor, he, he I thought was actually not great at the beginning, and, and I was ready to kind of say that he had a bad game and he shouldn't play him back-to-backs, and he probably shouldn't play him back-to-backs, but there aren't very many left, and I don't think he's get, they're going to be needing him much anymore, but he, I thought, <laughs> I thought he got a little too caught up 
in the in the Pistons, and maybe he wanted to send a little message to the Pistons for some reason. But uh, he he recovered well, and that dive that dive for the loose ball was a nice moment. The whole crowd got up for that. Uh, you know, Marcus Smart's over there smiling and waving everybody on, and that was a that was a fun moment there for Blake Griffin, and he certainly appreciated that moment. He said after the game that he you know. He saw he saw the fans and he appreciates how the fans are. Uh, they recognize the moment. They recognize what's happening on the floor better than most fans. And so I feel like he 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 had that moment. It was it was just a fun one. Uh, but he's not going to play. Uh, we saw Sam Hauser finally, you know, like like get in and he, he might not play in in in. A fully formed state. The Celtics are smart. Jason, Jalen, Rob, and Al as your starters. Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon. Um, you got Grant Williams. That's eight deep. I would play. I would play uh, Mike Muscala. That's nine deep. Then you get to Sam Hauser. That's ten. Luke Cornett is there, but he. I mean, you're going. You know, you're going way down the floor, man. You're going way down, way down the roster. So, um, I just think that this, this was the first glimpse of what we could see up next, looking forward, let's look forward. Let's kind of assess where the Celtics are here and some of the messaging after the game from Joe Missoula, because he, I think had a, a good message for the team. And I think they're, they're taking it to heart. That's coming up next. Celtics heading into the all-star break officially in first place. Doesn't matter what happens now. Um, thanks to this win. And maybe, maybe that's why everybody played or everybody that could play, I suppose. Maybe that's why they didn't rest Jason Tatum this game. Maybe that's why Al Horford came back and played uh, and why Marcus Smart came back. Um, I, I can't say for sure uh, what the reason was, but that's one potential reason that they wanted to go in and feel like they had that, that thing, that, that cachet, that whatever. I mean, after the game, Joe Missoula was asked about that and he said, you know, Hey, look, I can't, I can't hide from it. I can't, we're, we are the top seed and yeah, there's, there's something to that. Um, so one of the messages after the game from, Joe Missoula was to the guys like, hey, look, go obviously enjoy the break and all that stuff, but understand that everything that we've done means nothing if you come back and you don't build on it. If, if, if you come back and you start out on a losing streak, you start out in Indiana and you lose that game, then that doesn't mean that doesn't mean much at all, right? That doesn't mean anything. Where are you if you come back and, and go on a losing streak and now you're the second seed or the third seed. Well, what, what did we just do all this work for? So I think the message for those guys is at this point, this is game. What? 59, 59. They're past the halfway point of the season. If they, if they win a championship, they will play a hundred and potentially like 108, 110 games. I think. So they, this, this break actually comes at a really good time for them. But for the regular season, 
They've got what? 23 games left. That's nothing. That's nothing. You come back, you play a couple of games at the end of February. You got a real busy March that includes a lot of road games. Then April comes around and boom, this that's it. Schedule's over. By the way, side note, this, this season is flying by. Slow down, please. Somebody slow down the rotation of the earth because this season is flying by. It's going by too fast. I want to break. I want to enjoy this. But seriously, this is their March schedule is is brutal. I'll call it up um, because they they have they have to focus when they get back. They come back from break and play. They, they go on the road right away at Indy, at Philly, at the Knicks. They only have seven home games in March. They have four, five, six, seven, eight, nine road games, um, including another weird road trip that starts in Atlanta and ends in Utah. What a dumb road trip that is. Atlanta, Houston, Minnesota, Portland, Utah. Ugh. Oh, oh, wait, Sacramento. Sacramento's in there too. Ends in Sacramento. So you go Portland, Utah, Sacramento. That's a that's an even dumber road trip. They have to focus. They have to focus to get through this. Um, and they have to come back and build. Everything that I just said in the last segment can be thrown out the window. And I'm very, I'm clearly very bullish on what this team can do. I think this is a championship team. I think if the, if everything I said in that second segment comes to fruition this is a team that cannot be touched cannot be touched there's no team out there i don't not phoenix not nobody that can go up against this celtics team with this level of depth with their defensive ability think about the defensive starting five think about the defensive group that starting five is and then off the bench you're bringing in uh brogdon and White and Grant, guys that can defend. And hey, in the playoffs, you're not you're not playing any more than two bench guys at the same time anyway. Three at max, but only because they're so talented on this team. So the Celtics are going to put together an incredible, incredible defensive lineup. If, if, if. They come out of this break and they use it as a time to get refocused, re-energized for a stretch run. That's the important thing. And that's the messaging. That's I, Multiple guys in the locker room have talked about that. I like where they are. I like where they are. They are, in fact, uh, I'll pull up the, the uh, stats for um, the teams here to, to get a sense of where they are as far as offense and defense. The Celtics now have the, te- the league's third best offensive rating and the fourth best defensive rating. So number one through five, offensively, Denver, Sacramento, hmm, Boston, Utah, Portland. Defensively, Cleveland, Milwaukee, Memphis, Boston, Miami. Notice that Boston's the only one in the top five. For offense, uh, let's see. How far do you have to go down defensively? You have to you have to get really Denver is 13th. Is that right? Wow. And then as far as the defensive teams on offense, 
Uh, Cleveland's at 10. So Cleveland is in the top 10 offensively and defensively, currently the number one defensive team. And it's by a point in 1.3 points behind the Boston's behind Cleveland by 1.3 points. So the Celtics are sitting there third in offense, fourth in defense. That's a championship team. When you're top five in both, you're a championship team. You should be going to the finals. That should be how this goes. Frankly, I want the starters to look at how the reserves played against Milwaukee. And Jason Tatum was, he mentioned that after the game. He said he texted everybody. He said, first of all, it was an entertaining game. And secondly, he he said that, you know, <laughs> he joked that they take, we take a lot of threes, but he he enjoyed watching that game. And I'm thinking like, yeah, you should enjoy watching that game. We all enjoyed watching that game. You should be playing like that. That should be how you play. That should be the, the, the goal. I want the starters to play like the reserves did in that game against Milwaukee offensively. That level of energy, that level of ball movement, that level of energy. And we saw some of that in this game, you know, and playing, playing off of defensive stops is, is a big way to do that. So I think the Celtics are in a great, obviously great place. Now they've got to take this lesson, take this momentum, and you can't carry momentum from this over to a game a week from now. But that confidence, you just gotta you gotta understand when you come back that what the job is. What what do you have left to do? And it's a big job left. The Celtics have a big job left to do. All right, that's gonna do it for me. Sorry, it's a it's a shorter podcast because. I honestly, my th- my throat can't handle much more, so I'm gonna just wrap it up right there. I will have a podcast tomorrow. Uh, probably answer some mailbag questions. JohnCorrales.com/slash/mailbag. JohnCorrales.com/slash/mailbag. There are already some mailbag questions in in there, so I'll try to get to all of those or as many as I can for a quick mailbag podcast tomorrow, getting you into the All Star break, and then back on Monday for uh, kicking off a week of talking about the Celtics leading into a Thursday game uh, against Indiana. So we'll talk about the all-star game. We'll have some fun next week, um, including hopefully a special guest. So that will be uh, a lot of fun. All right. So thank you for subscribing. If you uh, are not a subscriber, please get this. uh, Please subscribe so you can get this podcast dropped directly to your device. Hop into the YouTube page, subscribe there, ring the bell to get notified when I drop videos. And hop in the comments. Lots of great conversation happening there. And I would love it if you shared the podcast, tell your friends and family and everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.